Wow, thanks, Marianne. That was awesome. Eh? Oh, just could go on and on and on. We'll worship. It's just beautiful. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Let me just give my moment. Wow. Oh, it's good night. It's going to be good. God, we love you. Father, thank you for this great opportunity, Lord Jesus, to share what you revealed to me, Lord Jesus. And Father, I just pray, Father, that you'll give me the right words to say at the right time, Lord, and that you will minister your grace and your and your beautiful heart tonight, God, in Jesus' name, Lord. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're our king. You're our friend, Lord. You're our saviour. You're our all in all. You're our alpha. You're our omega, Lord Jesus. You're our provider. You're our healer. You're our miracle maker, Lord Jesus. You're way ahead of us, Lord, and you're right beside us and right behind us. God, you're so mighty and all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present with us right now. And we thank you for that, God. Father, can we experience more of you tonight, God? Open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes and our ears to hear what you would want us to, to hear and to see what you want us to see, God. In Jesus' name, Father, I just ask for that anointing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whoa, I didn't realize I was so close to the mic. Because <laughs> 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 I'm used to leading worship, I'm kind of used to standing beside a mic, but it was when you, I feel like you'll know this is too. You would worship, you'd be worshiping, you like. I'll tell you. You told, give you a fright, it would bang you in the face. You'd be like, oh, hopefully now we're so not. Just. <laughs> I'm going to hold it, that way it won't give me a fright. I'm just going to move that over here. All right. Well, it's good to be here. And it's a privilege to speak to you. I am actually going to be speaking to you um, on something called Pillars of Creation, which sounds a pretty groovy title, but all will come clear soon. It's actually, I'm going to be speaking to you on clouds. I believe God has just um, just been encouraging me with clouds recently. I just keep feeling like God keeps just inspiring me. Look at the clouds. Lindsay, think about clouds. I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna study the clouds, God. And so I have been for about the past month. I've just been looking at clouds and trying to learn as much as I can from clouds. Because I just really believe God just saying, you know, Lindsay, look at the clouds. And just as even it was uh, worship in there, it just reminded, just like God reminded me of something. There was one night I was out with Lara um, a while back, and uh, we had a nice night together. We spent a bit of time together, but we'd gone out with a bit of a purpose and. It didn't work out what we'd gone out to do, but we set out and uh, and on the way home, I maybe felt a wee bit disappointed that... Wait a minute, where's Lara? Oh, bummer. <laughs> Talking about you two and you're not here. Never mind. You'll get it on tape, Lara. <laughs> um, but um, we were we had a nice time together. I'm not, I wasn't disappointed with Lara about the situation of how the, the night had gone a wee bit earlier. I can't say too much. But anyway... I was driving home, and there was a red sky. It was beautiful, beautiful red sky. And I looked, and I saw it, and I thought, wow, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? It does my red sky at night. Yeah. And I just felt like God saying, look, that's my shepherd's delight. Who's the shepherd? 
who's our shepherd and God's delight was in our the heart that we'd purposely for, set out for that night and it was just like oh god you're awesome what a nice thing to say how encouraging shepherd's delight red sky at night shepherd's delight red sky in the morning yeah so we get it there's things that we can look up in the sky and we can see and we can recognize on a on a level that we necessarily miss 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 necessarily anything that god might be saying to us but on that night i got it there was another thing that i used to say god reminded me of this a wee bit later but when i was uh, growing up in i used to go to the church in dundee the gate church where's rachel Yay! And Rachel came through from the Gate Church too. It's an awesome church. And anyway, I was kind of had a bit of a reputation when I was at the Gate. <laughs> I didn't kind of get through here. I recognised that I could start a fresh year, and I thought, I oh, will actually. <laughs> but I was known as a prankster when I was in Dundee. And uh, I used to, one of my proverbs, the proverbs in the Bible that I used to like and quote to people when. Uh, I would like be having a bit of fun with him. I'd be like, like a billowing cloud that produces no rain. He who talks big and produces nothing. <laughs> I kind of walk away from doing a prank on them like, you can't get me back. I've got you and you're just a billowing cloud. <laughs> but anyway, that has nothing to do with why I'm talking to you. I'm glad. I just thought I was, I was just a wee funny bit of information there. Eh? So, yeah, but God reminded me. So it was a bit of, bit of fun for you there. So... I'm going to be talking to you on the pillars of creation. God's been awesome. I've been looking at clouds a wee bit more. Even listened to a TED talk on clouds. Anyone like TED talks? Yeah, they're quite cool, quite informative. Did ev- everyone knows the phrase cloud nine? Yeah, cloud nine is an actual cloud that is a, a major tall pillar. And that's why when somebody says they're on cloud nine, they're living up high. Got that from the TED talk. But again, nothing to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> I thought it was cool. But yeah, you can listen to the, the TED Talks. They're interesting. Okay, so I'm going to take you right to the start of the Bible. So Genesis 1 and 1, verse 1. This is in the message translation. It says, God created the heavens and the earth, all you see and all you don't see. So I, I want to, you to do a little exercise with me. We'll do this a couple of times through the time I'm speaking to you. Repeat with me, all you see and all you don't see. Okay, all you see and all you don't see. Okay, so that's what God created. So, let's take a wee walk in the clouds. What do we see right now? It's we see our present, we see the natural, and we can immediately see our own perspective. Um, Let's have a look at what we don't see. We don't see our future, what's ahead. We don't see... Mostly, we don't see the supernatural. Maybe sometimes we do. And not all the time do we see God's perspective. Um, Sight's an amazing thing. We've got the naked eye. We've got the bird's eye. We've got hindsight. We've got foresight. We've got God's eyes. We've got natural eye. We've got spiritual eyes. Lots of things. But often with that, we have our own very personal perspective. Like I could say, there's a classic example of personal perspective on site. Girls, is your room tidy? Then I go and have a look. 
I don't think so, darling. You just said it was. So it's a very, there's some people that have got an incredible focus, incredible perception in their, their sight. They don't miss things. Um, but there's, I would say, majority of us at some point miss things. We miss things. Maybe sometimes, maybe never, maybe occasionally, maybe a lot for some of us. But I want to show you in the Bible, um, a wee bit later in Mark, and Jesus was about 8 verse 18. What just happened was the disciples had just seen Jesus perform a mighty miracle, the feeding of 4,000 people and a surplus of food being left over. And after the miracle, there was a wee bit of kerfuffle with the Pharisees. Jesus jumped on the boat and they headed off. And uh, suddenly the disciples started kind of, oh, sugar, I forgot to bring the bread. They said, oh, and they got one loaf. But there were seven baskets left over, but they forgot to bring it on the boat. And anyway, they were sort of kind of probably arguing between themselves just after a big miracle. Probably not the most spiritual moment. So Jesus got a wee bit bugged at them. Should say that, God, I'm sure it's allowed. But it says, Mark 8, verse 18, Jesus says to them, Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear and perceive and understand? And that's people who are walking side by side with Jesus. So you think they would get it right at the time, necessarily. And if they, those that are walking right beside Jesus, can miss things that Jesus intends us to see and display right before our eyes, chances are that we can miss things when God has got something for us. Um, You know, it goes on later on in... No, it was not later on, but kind of later on. You never know which gospel came first. But anyway, Matthew 13, verse 35. Jesus has been talking in parables all day. And it says in verse 35 that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy, saying, I will open my mouth and tell stories. I will bring out into into the open things hidden since the world's first day. So Jesus says, I will bring out into the open things hidden since the world's first day. Now, that's why I got you a minute ago to say, God created the heavens and the earth. All you see, all you don't see. So God, Jesus is saying, I will bring out into the open things hidden since the world's first day. So we're going to say it again. All you see and all you don't see. So Jesus is starting to show you a picture here. He's revealing things that were there at day one, but we just didn't get it. We just didn't see it. And the more we uh, journey with Jesus, the more he'll reveal to us as we kind of press in or see a different perspective, a a godly perspective. Now, I'm going to share with you from Hebrews. Oh, I just thought I should put my name up. Thanks. Um, Hebrews 12, um, the first few verses in Hebrews 12. It says, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us. Okay, I'm just sorry. I'm just going to stop there. I'm going to say, just to give you a bit of background to this, Hebrews 12 comes in just after Hebrews 11, obviously. But Hebrews 11 is all about the great people of faith in the Bible. So Abraham, look how they pressed through this one and that one. They're awesome. Woohoo, woohoo. Big list of faithful people in the Bible. So it gets to Hebrews 12, verse 1. And this is where we're at. He says, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us 
like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His heart was focused on the joy of knowing you would be his. I'm going to stop there. You know, it initially says, you know, we've been encircled um, by a great cloud of people. And sometimes we can be in a situation and we feel like we're surrounded by people that are cheering us on. But other times we can be in situations in our journey that we feel surrounded by, it's almost like a fog in our journey. We just can't see the way forward. We can't, can't necessarily, the clarity is gone from where we thought we were going. That's kind of gone. But it's, it's still got the instruction um, to, to kind of focus on Jesus. Even in that kind of place, that with a cloud being around you, we're in a race. Don't don't worry too much. Just keep pressing forward. It says, and then we'll be able to run life's marathon race. It says in Revelation also, uh, in one verse six, uh, that God has formed us into a kingdom, a royal race. Now, for all you athletic people like myself, <laughs> I'm slightly panicked by the athletic part. There's lots of marathons us ladies are phenomenal at, sort of thing, like the washing pile. It's just, you know, we just power through it. This is getting recorded, so you're going to be like, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I do, actually. (laughs) Uh, And there's other marathons that you can power through, um, you know, of growing your your kids up. There's other marathons that you can grow through, that financial difficulty you press through. There's other things. So don't feel freaked out if you're not too athletic. It's talking about the journey phase of that, you know, we're going on in God, that, you know, it's a determination. It's a heart focus. It's not necessarily a, a muscle and buff shine sort of thing. But feel free if you want to do that. Um, yeah, so it's not about the setting out in a marathon that's important, or even the taking part that's successful in a race, but it's rather it's completing, it's getting that medal, it's ending well um, to complete and get our victorious crown. It's, it goes on even in Corinthians to say we run a race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. And our journeys are all super individual. There's not one person in this room that we can say, oh, you live the same life I do. Um, but the fact is, our goal is all the same. It's Jesus and being in eternity with him and ending well. Um, but the, the, good, the thing we want to end well with is how we run, how we press through, how we persevere. And the best wisdom chapter in the Bible, well, one of them, but the main one you can think of, what is it, ladies? Proverbs. Yep, you got it. Proverbs 4, it says, Watch where you're going. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead and ignore life's distractions. Now, there's obviously going to be distractions in life. Um, They come at you all shapes and sizes. Um, Some are a blessing, some are a, a hindrance that you could rather do without. 
But I want to draw your attention to Psalm 19, another cool thing that Jesus says. That's God says. Let's just go there right now. If you have a Bible, you can feel free to join me. I'm going to do this one on my phone because it was too long to write down. It says in Psalm 19, God's story in the skies. It says, verse 1, God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story every day through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanships. Each day gushes out its message to the next, night with night, whispering its knowledge to all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard. Yet all the world can see its story. You know, everyone's amazed when they stand and they look up at the stars. But some stand under the stars and don't know the Creator, which is is heartbreaking, really. And our job is to bring that good news to other people. But I just want to encourage you tonight. There's moments that I believe God wants to share with you and reveal to you in His stars in the skies that are around you day by day. He just wants to encourage you to lift your eyes, to look up, to gaze again, to dream again in him. Um, Going back to clouds. Clouds are pretty awesome. They do incredible things. As you know, they move. It's God's transport system from moving water from one place to another and dropping it. It's incredible. One cloud alone... I could say how much water can one cloud hold, and scientists say that it's actually difficult to answer that, but they can they can um, measure it in a different way. One square mile um, alone of one inch of rain measures out to be fourteen point seven million gallons of water, which is about twenty six or twenty seven Olympic sized pools of water alone in in a cloud gathering of that space. So clouds are pretty spectacular in what they can do, what they can deliver. Um, And storm clouds, have some of them have enough energy in them, are like an atomic bomb, how much they can hold. So that kind of things drift over us every day. But then if we relate it down to our level and say... Everyone knows that we think, ah, I'm going through a tough time, I'm going through a storm. That's what we'll see. But there's something special that God's done for us in clouds that we can learn from. What if I could tell you that every cloud in life, if you were to go through, journey through in life, has got a silver lining. Every disappointment that you've faced, every heartbreak, every um, strain, are the very things that cause you to dig a little deeper part into God's Word, a little bit deeper, because you need to rely on a Savior to get you through something. You know, it's incredible. God uses brokenness and moments in our lives to draw us in, to, to make us realize that the depths that He would go to make sure that we weren't even alone in those moments. Because we all walk through moments that are hard and challenging. Some of us have even walked through them today, you know. But you know what? Clouds are not only blinding at times. They can be the very pillars of creation. Cue slide. 
and that God uses to build a new, beautiful life story on. Um, those moments when you feel exhausted, those storms in life that just oppress you, you just feel you've, you've got stuff pushing in on you, whatever that kind of pressure is, whether it's relationships. Sometimes you can be in a, in a job where you've got a boss that's very oppressive, um, you can even have family members around you that are that are just knock your confidence, that bring you down, and you just feel like you're constantly up against this battle, and you're kind of pressing. You think, God, where are you in these moments? Collapsing seems your reality, given the weight of your surroundings. Well, you know what I wanted to encourage is God has etched a detail into creation that will restore a bit of hope in your heart tonight. That stars are actually born within the clouds. Way, way, way out in creation. We're lucky that we live in, an, in a time where a straw, what do you call, folk land on the moon and stuff like that. You know, astronauts, yeah. And there's like, I don't know how many telescopes around our world just taking photographs. And then there's telescopes that we can go to observatories and observe cool things, like Gordon was preaching the other Sunday, and that was really cool. But there's a telescope. How many people are familiar with the Hubble telescope? Okay, so you've heard it mentioned. This is a telescope that's like, boom, way out in the space. So it can take photographs of further out in the space. And the Hubble telescope sent back a picture of something that they have called the Pillars of Creation, Boom, this is it. So it's big clouds, and those clouds, they were able to look into the formation of how stars are formed, and they realized that it was to do with, (laughs) um, uh, it's it's just phenomenal, really. Wait a second till I find the right thing. It collapse. Its turbulence gives rise to knots that begin to collapse under the pressure. It's a gravitational attraction. And as the cloud collapses, the hot core at the heart of the collapsing cloud, that will one day become a star. So there's actually, you can actually Google this later because it's pretty spectacular. In so much as New York called them uh, incubators, star incubators, um, which is phenomenal, way, way, way out. And God knew that right when he created the earth, all that was seen all that wasn't seen, that Jesus will start to reveal things to us, things that are hidden, that will be able to connect with our hearts and say, you know what? Wow. See, when I go through pressures, when I go through a feeling of just feeling like I'm collapsing inside, that wow, maybe just something in that, that God can speak to me in that moment and say, don't worry, this won't be in vain. I won't see this come to nothing. You know, if we, um, all those I don't see away moments, all those I do see, and all those I don't see. How can this cloud, how can, what's going on, God? I can't see what you're doing here. But we've got our perspective. We've got to think of God's perspective. And I just want you to see that. And just think for a minute of God's perspective, of those crushing moments that we all walk through, is not to give up, but to surrender to the Creator. And he is a way maker. We were just singing that earlier. He's a way maker. He's a miracle maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. 
You know, it says in Revelation 22, verse 16, Jesus is the radiant and brilliant morning star. That's pretty cool, eh? I don't know. How many people have seen the morning star? The literal morning star. Hey! Thanks, babes. One person in the room. <laughs> Me and you. <laughs> I actually haven't seen it apart from pictures of it. But they refer to morning star as um, the one that rises in the sky just before dawn. It's called the bright morning star, which is actually Venus. And it's also seen in the evening, which is quite spectacular. That's the morning star and the evening star, because it's referring to Jesus being the, the Alpha and the Omega things that we learn as we keep growing, as we start to understand the things that are around us, all the seen, all that's not seen. And later in the 17th century, it was renamed the Shepherd's Star. And that's pretty cool in itself, eh? So Venus has been named the Shepherd's Star, keeping watch over his flock by night. So as you sleep, that just at that other image, or when you look up to the stars, that Jesus, is, he's beyond it. Amazing that he's watching over us. And one other cool thing about the fact that Jesus has been referred to as a planet as opposed to the star is stars have a beginning and an ending, whereas the planet very rarely explodes, implodes, or breaks up. So that kind of eternal aspect of God, which is incredible as well. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, eh? God is awesome. He reveals things as we press in. Um, so I just want to encourage you. We need to learn things. We need to put things down in our heart. If we're not going through a storm just now, or we're going through a, a sweet spot, we need to learn stuff for when we go through tough times so that we can anchor our soul down in the truth. It says in Hebrews 12, if we flip back to what we're, we're chatting about earlier, In verse 2 it says, look away from the natural realm and fasten your gaze on Jesus. It says in 2 Peter 1 verse 19, you do well to pay close attention as to a lamp shining in a dismal, squalid and dark place. So when you're in those tough times, pay attention to Jesus. It says until the day breaks through, the gloom and the morning star rises in your hearts. I'm like, What? in the Bible. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, eh? So Jesus even referred to the morning star rising in our hearts. That when we're in that dark place, when we're not sure how to press through, how to get through, you know, we do well to pay close attention to Jesus and let the morning star rise in our hearts. Let's start to worship him. Let's start to look away from the natural realm. Look away from what's pressuring you, what's caving you in. Now, it's said that clouds are a complex product of our atmosphere. Sounds pretty cool. But we are not just subject to this, merely this world's atmosphere. It says in Philippians 3 and 20, we are citizens of high heaven. So we are subject to the earthly atmosphere, but we're also subject to the heavenly atmosphere. And you know what it says as well as Jesus Um, makes us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. Everything that's seen, 
everything that's unseen. So everything you choose to reveal to those around you that you're going through and everything that you don't choose to reveal because God sees it all. He sees everything that's seen and he sees everything that's unseen. He sees what you're pushing through and he sees what you're not coping with. And he's amazing because his heart is always to draw you to him and to make something new of what you're going through. You know what? Nevertheless, you know, we say we're of the we're of the atmosphere of here that we're affected by, but we're of the atmosphere of heaven. But we also have to live through the natural as well. So we need to pass through the storm. We need to pass through these clouds. We need to pass through these pillars of creation, even though it's painful, even though it's it's tough. So God gives us some more things that we can learn from from things that are around us. Airplanes also pass through the clouds. I was thinking, what else passed through the clouds? Well, I can't have a conversation with the birds. <laughs> Not like I can have a conversation with the planes, but I can have a conversation with the pilots. <laughs> and praise God, one of the, the pilots was in the youth when we were uh, doing youth. So I was able to chat to him a wee bit about uh, things before I was, was sharing. But and I also did a wee bit of research. It says airplanes, like anything, are built for turbulence. You know, and pilots have to train for turbulence. They don't, they don't learn how to do turbulence when they hit turbulence. Like we shouldn't learn how to deal with a storm until we're in a storm. We need to, we need to learn how to go through life before we're in a tough place because it's really hard to learn in the middle of a storm how to be resistant. But airplanes are they're built to withstand incredible strain, and their wings have slight flexibility. Thankfully, not too much, or we wouldn't go on them, eh? <laughs> like, not going on the plane. <laughs> Poor Miriam had a, a really challenging turbulence uh, flight that you just came through and prayed the, the plane back in the air and landed safely in Manchester. Praise God for a good pilot as well, eh? But can you... Um, re- uh, Becky, can you put on the cloud picture that, uh, yeah, so one of the pilots, Alistair Cross is a pilot, he used to be in the youth here, and he took this picture and he was saying to me that um, pilots actually have a radar system built into their the airplane sort of thing so that forecasts constantly out as to what's ahead of them. And we have that with the Holy Spirit that God can often warn us it's not a good time to go out tonight. Don't go out drinking. You know, stay in. Keep your f- feet firm on the ground. Or don't say that thing. That's going to cause you some pain because you'll get back a harsh reaction. You know, sometimes God warns us, but we need to heed the warning. Often we won't. And we'll just say the thing because someone was annoying us. <laughs> Sorry, God. Sorry, Aaron. Seeing as you're going to listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, we have to learn, eh? See, I'm learning, babe. So in a plane, like I say, they have radar systems. And mainly a lot of the radar systems are on the ground. And they'll put a flight up in the sky and avoid big cum- cumulus clouds or that. That are quite cause a lot of turbulence that cause the plane to really suffer in that. But planes have also got something called built into them called positive stability. 
It's in all aircraft so that when they go through turbulence, when they hit it and they have to fly through it, that they can regain a balance once they're through. So the plane's not like, <laughs> afterwards, it's kind of, it's back to, whoa, I'm, I'm kind of through it. Now, they've got all different kind of levels to positive stability, but I'll leave that for pilots to explain. But yeah, that's the basic thing is, and sometimes we need to have that same positive stability, is that when we hit the storm, we don't freak out. It's another proverb that says, um, he who falls together in a crisis, there wasn't much to him in the first place. I remember thinking it was a really funny verse. Like, <laughs> that's quite funny. Somebody, if this, but in reality, if that applied to you, it would be quite crushing. But the reality is we need to be strong. We need to build well before we get to a storm. Um, yeah, we need to anchor down when storms hit. There's a good thing here is a lot of things are sold with anchor kits. Um, who's got swings in the garden? <laughs> and trampolines. They're sold with anchor kits. And we didn't put ours down, did we, darling? <laughs> <laughs> But they're not built for the sunny days. They're built for the stormy days. I'm talking about the anchor kits. You don't put the anchor kits down for a sunny day. You put the anchor kits in for when the wind comes. Because how many people have seen the advert of the trampoline going rolling? There's a famous one from Cowden Beath, I think. Oh, you pig! And the, <laughs> and the trampoline goes rolling along the road. Or is it Kelty? Well, it's anyway, some, somewhere in Costa Fife. Anyway, but yeah, we need to anchor down before the storms come. How do you anchor down? You know, we anchor down with the promises, with the worship. You know, we make it, we keep speaking it into our hearts. We keep bringing our focus back to Jesus. When we're in the storm, we bring our fact to the goal, to the, to the one that we're running ahead to. It says in Hebrews 13, verse 5, Never will I leave you or forsake you. Um, Again, Proverbs 14, verse 1, every wise woman builds her house. It's so important to build, to put the foundations in, to build on the rock. So when the storm arises, it's like when Jesus is teaching the parable of building your house on the sand and building your house on the rocks. It must be lovely to build your hand on, a house on the sand on a sunny day, but when the storm hits, that's when you want to be in the, in the brick house. There's lots of stories, actually, um, child stories, or even the, the three pigs. You know, you want to be in the brick house. You want the big bad wolf. You know, our foundation has to be strong um, and anchor down. But sometimes we're anchored down and we still have to go through storms and it's painful and it's and it's agony, and sometimes it can be so uh, difficult that it can leave you scarred. But scars do something to bring us closer to Jesus. We can feel completely broken and smashed in some situations and, and wondering, why did God allow me to walk through that? He saw this. He, he knew what was ahead of me. How could he do that? And sometimes when we, we think of how... Our scars have left us. A good way is to think of the scars that Jesus took and think, well, my Savior took an incredible scar so that I would once 
be with him. And I would understand when I look back, because hindsight's a great teacher, isn't it? You know, it says, um, when we're left scars, we need to think about those pillars of creation. You know, that God can change our scars into a life testimony star, which reflects out the light of Jesus, reflects out that morning star in our hearts that's rising in our hearts, because that's who he is to us. And again, when we look back to Hebrews 12, that's you, Aaron. (laughs) Um, Sorry, guys. My phone keeps getting me into trouble, eh? Does that warrior worship too? Okay. (laughs) When we find ourselves flagging, we go back to Hebrews 12 when I was talking about the cloud initially. It goes on in verse 3 in the message translation. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over the story of Jesus again and again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he ploughed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And we need to be focusing on Jesus. He endured shame. He endured the cross. And when we think of our afflictions in light of what Jesus has gone through, it'll give us that adrenaline boost to press through and that realize that this is, this is a pillar of creation. God is going to make this good, that God is going to turn this into a star. And even though I might be scarred, when Jesus comes close, it says in Psalm 34, in verse 18, the Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. And he is always able to restore the repentant one. I'm going to show you something. Um, Becky, if you could... Um, Get ready for that clip. Uh, that clip of that song, rather. Actually, before I show you, can you put on those two photographs, actually? I have these two photographs. A wonderful friend has an incredible view of the bridges in her garden, which is lovely. Um, but we see that. Can you show the next one? That's this exact same garden. Look what a cloud does can't see what's in front of you. But you have to rely on the truth to know that God is ahead, God is with you, God is going to guide you. Okay, so I want to say that again. The Lord is close to all those who are crushed by pain and he is close. He is always able to restore the repentant one. You might feel scarred. Okay, can you all see this? I'm writing it nice and big for you. Can you read that? Scar, okay. So when you go through a a cloud or a difficulty and you feel crushed, but when the Lord, it says in Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to all those who are crushed. So let's just write that down here. Crushed. That's what, okay. Okay, that says crushed, going down that way. Okay, but when the Lord is also, he's close to us. Look what happens when Jesus comes close. Can you see that? Can you see what's happening there? He changes, he turns our scars and it stars. Loving Saviour, 
who showed us how to deal with utter brokenness and pain was to get up, to rise again. We just don't know what's ahead of us, God. We can only see what's in front of us right now, Lord Jesus. But Father, you see all that is seen and all that is unseen, Father. You know what's ahead of every single person, God. You see whether someone's in a broken patch, Lord, right now.
an opening of the mouth, Lord Jesus, and ladies that have felt they can't share or fear of shame, Lord God, that you Your ladies, God, speak into their hearts, God. Just affirm, Lord, that they are beautiful, that you are using them, God, Jesus. And for all those that are going through your clouds right now, give them strength, Lord Jesus. 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 Give them and you're there in our tears and our brokenness, Lord. Bring your healing, Lord Jesus. 